to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of Audio Podcast Land. Welcome to another episode of Hecna, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. It has been a little bit, but in case you are new to these lovely parts, the dulcet tones that you are currently listening to belong to the founder of the D&D Vibe Tribe, Mikey. You can follow me on all my personal social medias at Pop Culture Geek, or you can follow us collectively here at the D&D Vibe Tribe production. Make sure to give us a like and follow to stay up to date on all the projects we got going on, because boy, do we have a lot of them. But as I mentioned, we are here with another episode of Hecna, and of course, I am not alone in this endeavor. I am joined by my amazing cast, as always. We're going to go around real quick to give some introductions, who they are, where you can find them, uh, projects they got going on, and uh, who they are playing as. So we're going to begin tonight with the one and only Echo. Good night, Vietnam! I'm Echo. It's a pleasure to meet you all. I am one of, one of the staples of D&D 5 Tribe Productions. I am in a couple of them. And yeah, listen to them. And I will be playing the unlucky Nicholas Heisenberg, the Steel Stringer. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to die. I pass it on. It's, you're not going to die. At least you shouldn't yet. But who knows? The dice may not favor you. But passing it on the next player to join in. I have two things that count as natural ones. We'll get into that as it goes on, but we got to get this ball rolling. So the next player to be joining us tonight is the one and only Chris. Hey, everybody. It's Chris Sutton, Cosmos Prefect, depending upon which which and where I'm at. I am playing Volfi, the curious rogue, anxious to see what shenanigans and what we can get into tonight. Let's have some fun. Enjoy. Oh, I cannot wait. Continue on with the introductions, though. The next player to give their little spiel is Mikkel. Hi, it's your resident Swede. Um, coming to you live from uh, the couch where he sleeps. And make sure to tune in for the rest of this uh, story where I snore my way through dungeon. You may find me on Twitter to Mikimo to follow my wrestling endeavors. I can't wait. Whenever you come stateside, if you ever come stateside, we got go out and support the homie. But yes, really quickly, could you tell us who you're playing as for tonight? I'm playing our party's bard, Moldy Vomit. I'm never going to get tired of that name. All right. To keep this going, the next person to introduce themselves is Fori. Hello, you can find me on TikTok at Foriana or on Twitch under the same name. Oh, and by the way, my name is Foriana. <laughs> but tonight I will be playing Belladonna, our cleric halfling. Oh, I love it. The next player to join us tonight is the one and only Shane. Hello, uh, I'm Shane. You can find me pretty much everywhere at Shortbeard the Bard. And... For this game, I will be playing Revy the Clown, a bugbear paladin with two brain cells in a very rocky relationship. Damn. Oh my goodness. This, I love you guys so much. Your characters are so great. This is a great time. Of course, we have one more player joining us tonight. Unfortunately, we are having a bit of technical issues, but I have been given permission to do their introduction. The last player to be joining us tonight is the one and only Josh. You can find him on his personal social medias at MG Preacher on the TikToks. But you can also find him across pretty much every other Vibe Tribe podcast going on right now, except for Friday Night Fights. But who knows? Stay tuned. I might coax him to guest star in that one. But tonight, and then he'll become a permanent member. Jeez Louise. That's a lot. But tonight he will be playing our lovely gunslinger. Oh, geez. Now I'm forgetting names. You play way too many carries. Max. There we go. Max. There we go. Maxim Krause, I believe, for tonight's game. See, he has too many characters. I have to remember too many characters name. It's a lot. 
But with those introductions out of the way, we're going to get into tonight's episode with the recap. So last where we left off, our lovely intrepid heroes found themselves outside of the hostile, excuse me, the hostel located pretty close to the Revelia, which is if you have been following along so far, is the giant circus slash amusement park slash where dreams may or may not come true. But they found themselves at the hostel where upon entering, they met a awakened marionette by the name of Ramona, who requested our heroes to help her find a missing room. Nine seems to have gone missing and she Tasked them to see if they could find said missing room. How a room in a hostel goes missing, who knows? But we're going to find out all together. So upon accepting the request, Ramona gave our party a box full of weird doodads that seemed to be opening up all the doors within the hostel. So the first room that was opened was the birthday party room, which apparently we had a surprise birthday party. Go or on. thank you for opening the door. Revy, apparently, according to the dice. So surprise birthday party. They enjoyed some cake. They enjoyed some greatness. But then the party also gleaned a piece of information that the, originally the party was scheduled for someone by the name of Scooter. The party had no recollection, nor do they knew it was Scooter. But now that they have a name, they're going to figure it out. So while the birthday party was going on, two of our lovely adventuring party, our Steel Stringer and our Gunslinger, decided to go check out the space room. And upon entering the room, other than the low gravity, our Steel Stringer was able to figure out that one of the constellations on the wall was actually moving and decided to jump out on it. And that is where we're going to pick up. So I didn't attack it. It attacked us. <laughs> It attacked you, but you were able to spot it. Otherwise, it would have gotten a surprise round. So with that being said, Nicholas and Max, I need you both to please roll me initiative. Okay, everyone, put your bets on. Do you think I'm going to get an 11? See, why would you put that out in the universe? It'll be hilarious, but... It would be hilarious. And I'd be getting 11s at least one every recording, so... If it happens... And it's better to get it now. Really? The one time I want it to happen, it decides to give me a nat 20. Are you kidding? Okay, so I got that little bit of information. Nicholas, what is your dex modifier? Because I also got a natural 20 for this little popcorn swarm monster. Plus four. Okay, then you go first. So it's going to. So let me write this down real quick. So the order that we're going to go into is going to be Nicholas, then this popcorn swarm monster, and then Max, you're going to go last in this. So two. All righty. So first up is going to be Nicholas. So as you take a closer look at this monster that popped off of the wall, it is very tiny in comparison Again, the anti-gravity in the room is making it float a little bit, just like it's making you float a, and a little bit. But as you look at this body, think of it like a centipede or a millipede, if you will. But instead of the normal way that it looks on the outside, its hardened shell is entirely made up of like popcorn kernels. And it's got its little pincer sticking out in the front of it. And its little legs seem to be made up of what looks to be like peppermint candy cane sticks as well. But this thing is hissing at you, but you are first up. So what would you like to do to this little popcorn swarm? Am I? okay? how many feet away am I from it? Given that the room is fairly compact and it's not really huge, I will say you're about 10 feet away from it. Like, okay, from map wise, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna walk 10 feet back then, and then I'm gonna attack it with the strings. Okay, I hey, hey, I'm a range, I'm a range fighter, I have to do what's good for me. Listen, like, I, I support that. <laughs> All okay. right, so you're gonna use the strings, so roll me an attack 
roll, please. Okay. That's a dirty 20. Dang, off the bat. Okay, that definitely hits. So roll for damage. Not, I'm not high level yet, so these steel strings don't do too much damage. They're not supposed to anyways at level two. Yeah, that's true. But there are people who do those crazy builds. Pump it out. Mage. That's 11 damage. Oh, okay. You added the modifier. I'm like, how is it not supposed yeah. to do that? Okay, but I got you. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, it I, it does. A, the, the strings do a D8 of damage. I rolled a 7 plus 4. Damn. Okay. It's I, well. when, when I succeed, I succeed when I fail spectacularly. All right. To be fair. Oh, you know what? Narrate this for me. So what? This is going to be very interesting. Narrate the strings for me. So you definitely hit and it does the damage. But what does it look like when Nicholas uses his strings? I'm going to be very anime about this. Instead of just going like up to it, like slashing above it, it goes past Max and just strikes it like a bunch of needles straight in the face of it. Okay, so they're very pointed. I love that. (laughs) They they are made for slashing, but. That doesn't mean I can't just slash or pierce the face of it. Listen, it is totally fine. But as these strings begin to pierce this little popcorn swarm, you Uh-oh. just hear. As the strings pierce it, you just hear this thing just start to hiss and scream even louder. And as you retract your strings, it's still up and it's still. However, as you pull back and like for a brief moment, look away, looking at your strings to look back at it. You see this popcorn swarm long like a millipede begin to curl up into a ball. And now it has split itself into two. I'm going to go I'm, since I'm in the hallway as a free action video. Ah, situation <laughs> out here. OK, and with that free action, that is going to be the popcorn swarms turn. Excuse me. The two popcorn swarms now. <laughs> Don't you love it when a plan comes together? Don't I'm you hate crying. it when you do slashing damage? This is going to be great. All right. Popcorn swarms term. So the first one is going to. It's pissed off at you, Nicholas. So it's going to come over here and it's going to attempt to bite the ever living Jesus out of you. All right. Let's see. Does a 17 hit? Yes, but. <laughs> My favorite spell, I only get one use of this per day. Silvery Barbs! Disadvantage! And that's reactionary spell? Yes. Okay, so disadvantage, here we go. And I now have adva- and now I have advantage. It wouldn't have mattered anyways. Does a 16 hit? Gosh dang it, I tried, I still get hit. But I have advantage now, wait. I'm gonna give Preacher the advantage, actually. Okay. Thank you. Say that. No. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to. All right. So as this thing is coming towards you, Nicholas, it's going to go for your neck. And since it hits, you're going to take some damage. Okay. Okay. So you take three points of piercing damage, please. Okay. And I need you to please make me a constitution saving throw. Don't you dare betray me now. Okay, you're fine. So as um, you feel this popcorn swarm take its little pincers and bite into your neck, you feel some sort of cold liquid drip down where the incision marks are for this little pincers. But there's a brief moment to where you feel a little bit woozy, but then you're able to snap yourself out of it. So. Next is the second pincers one, and it is actually going to go once again after Nicholas since <laughs> bodies, but same. It's like a hive mind kind of thing. It's they're not happy that you pierced it with some strings. Doesn't matter because it got a three. <laughs> so that definitely misses. So as it comes in, as the second one comes in and tries to replicate what its other half did. Instead of using the strings as Attack. I just make a quick wall with it and just block it. You're like, ah, <laughs> nope, so yes. not this time. <laughs> nope. So it definitely misses. So that is the end of their turns. Max, it is now your turn. So you just witnessed one popcorn swarm 
You witness your friend Nicholas with the strings. Cut it. It split itself in two, and both of them are on Nicholas, so it is your move. So what would you like to do, Max? Okay. The one with the highlighted with the blue ring? That is the original form, so that thing has taken damage already. Okay. If I use my rifle at this range, will it be with disadvantage? No, because you need to at least be, if I believe with the stats that I gave you, I believe you need to at least be 10 feet away from your uh, target, at least a minimum of 10 if you don't want disadvantage. So you're fine where you're currently at. Okay. That is true. Yeah, you also have advantage. All right. Um, I want to bring up Grizzly and try to shoot that thing right in the face. Okay. So you're going to attempt to blast Master Blast it. So go ahead and oh, yeah. me an attack, please. Yes, they call me Master Blaster. That's a dirty 20. Damn. And that is 1d12 plus 2. All right, roll for damage. Where'd it go? <laughs> Hang on, gotta, gotta use a new dice real quick. I don't know where my dice went. I heard it thunk, and then I don't see the dice anywhere. It jumanjied uh, itself. <laughs> Okay, that would be that would be a total of twelve damage. Holy shit! <laughs> See, we do I, a lot. Go ahead. We do good damage, but we're but it's outraged. Yeah, that is true. Don't worry. This is just a trial run. <laughs> and, not good for uh, yeah. Not good for us. All right, Max. How do you want to do this with this current popcorn swarm? So, give me its demise. <laughs> Okay, I actually wasn't expecting this. So after seeing the thing split in two, both times attack Nick, I just unsling my rifle, and as I throw my rifle up to get it into a firing position, just like one smooth action, I throw my rifle up, and as it's flying up, my thumb grabs the hammer to pull the hammer back. And as it cradles back into my arm, it just naturally just lays right where I want to aim, uh, where I'm wanting the round to hit. And I just look at it and go, you shouldn't have done that, mate. And then, boom. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so basically like bullet time from a Max Payne game. You just see this bullet exit the chamber of your rifle and slowly make its way to the popcorn swarm as the bullet cleanly goes through its tiny little skull and just implodes on itself, shattering all kinds of popcorn and bug guts all over the floor. So that one is a dead. And can I use the bonus action to reload my rifle? Yeah, go ahead. So here's how we're going to do it, because actually, no, I'm not going to incorporate it quite yet. (laughs) (laughs) So. A.K.A. by the time you do, he's going to have the gunner feet and it won't matter anymore. (laughs) Honestly. All right. So meanwhile, while this is all going down, so the free action from Nicholas, the rest of you, Revy, Moldy, Belladonna and Wolfie, you hear Nicholas come screaming. You hear him screaming from the other room, saying that there is trouble so, how do you four react to this? <laughs> well, Boazana looks up at Revy. Should we go help him? The silence speaks for itself. And then <laughs> the gunshot happens. I think we should help him. Let's cautiously approach and see what we can see. What we can hear if anything else explodes. <laughs> Trust me, though, are, these aren't the screams of joy. That you might find on any of any old carnival. This this is the scream of panic and uh, potential dismemberment. Oh, that you may also find on any old carnival. Just so mm-hmm. you know. DM, when uh, can, can I say as soon as they said that did not sound like screams of joy at this time? Could they have possibly heard Max go? Yeah, I would say that they also heard a woo. <laughs> Sounds like they're having fun over there. I guess we can go check it out. No harm. All right. Either way, it sounds like... Sorry about that. 
Okay, so I will assume that you guys start making your way towards this room. I will mm -hmm. also say that if this continues past this round, then I will say that you guys can jump in for initiative. But as you guys are making your way, we're going to go cut back. The camera cuts back to what's inside the space room. So, Nicholas, it is back at the top of the orders. What would you I like wish, to do? I wish they didn't both attack me so I can use my steel wires. Oh, so you do remember what happens if they roll 11 on me, correct? I believe I see. But for the audience, why yep. don't you tell them what happens? Or someone who's against me rolls 11. We get bad luck. A.K.A. If they roll a natural 11, that's crit fail for them. Same to me. But only when the enemy's targeting me. So say they target Max and they roll 11. That's fine. They, nothing happens. But I'm basically Crow from Ruby. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, it's true. It is true. And I did, I'm mad at myself for not using that example before, but I love it. But it is your turn. So how would you like to tempt fate today? I got one of my favorite cantrips. Fireball. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. Okay, so is there a range? I don't think there is a ranged spell attack for that. Yes or no? There's way too many hey. spells in, in my head right now. <laughs> hey, it is considered range, but it doesn't have the default of, hey, you can't shoot it point blank. That is true. As with most things. OK, so you're well, going to use fire bolts. Yeah, straight in the face. OK, first, you need to make a range spell attack for me, please. <laughs> I have a plus five, so that's a 17. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that definitely hits. That so. was so close. Oof, you have no idea. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm waiting for me to fail. It's not happening. And I'm scared of when it will happen. It's the law of the equivalent change. If it doesn't happen now, it will happen later. I hate my dice right now because I know it's going to crumble on me soon. That's a 10. Damn, max damage, bro. <laughs> Oh, Icarus, please don't fly too close to the sun one day. <laughs> I know! I don't want to! The decks are like, nah. Oh my goodness. Alrighty. I so, want to fail at this rate. Well, you may want to take that back depending on what happens next. But oh, as you hurl this boat of fire towards this popcorn swarm, once again, the room fills with just this audacious hissing and high-pitched screen. And now it smells like burnt popcorn. Ew, yeah, it does. Ew, worse. It's one of the worst smells ever. But yeah, now the room smells like burnt popcorn. Its little body is now on fire. It is now it is looking really bad. And it is also looking very pissed off. Hey, <laughs> you attacked me first. Hard. OK, speaking of attacking you first, this thing is going to go after you. Of course. <laughs> so. Let's see what kind of ooh. let's go with this one. So we once again, it is going to move up to you and it is going to it's going to at least attempt. To bite the ever living snot out of you. Oh, no. DM question. Yes. Since it moved right past me, would I get an attack of opportunity or no? That is an excellent question. I'm going to say in this instance, no, only because as this thing is moving, because technically you used your bonus action to reload. So you're still reloading at this point. <laughs> OK, because I was just asking because I was looking at my paper here and reading under action, action surge, I can take an extra action per turn. So, so that's what I was thinking about using when I said I wanted to reload. Okay. Let, let me so put this. With, let me so explain hang on. this way. Echo, uh, hang I, on. I, I, let me explain this real quick. So, this is your first time playing fighter. So, action surge can be used as a bonus action, but only on your actual turn to take an additional action. You can't use it when it is not your turn. So, if you wanted to use action surge, you can use it for. You can go attack, 
action surge, use that one, and then that will be it. But you cannot use it as like a reactionary or to provoke an opportunity attack. So it has to be on your actual turn. Does that make sense? That's not what I was saying. I was talking about when it was still my turn when I said, can I use a bonus action to blah, 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 blah. That's what I was. Ah. That's what I meant to say. I forgot what it was called until I looked at it here on my my sheet that it was an action surge. Okay, then I feel so stupid for giving that explanation. So my apologies. But to answer that question, then again, since you said that you were going to use your bonus action to reload, that is what you are going to do. So just for next time, just keep that in mind. Is that okay? (laughs) All right. No problem. Cool. So. Once again, going back to this thing. So Echo, yeah. this thing got a this got a natural twenty. Oh, nah, this might hurt. So here's how we're gonna do natural twenties in here. So you uh, are going to th- my house rule is that you are going to roll double dice for damage. So if you get a natural twenty, you roll double dice. So don't worry. <sighs> Bite attack is not that horrible, so you should be fine. Keyword being should. I thought it rolled 11. That is going to be seven points of piercing damage. And once again, please roll me a constitution saving throw. Oh, buddy. (laughs) At least it was at least it was an 11. At least it was an 11. (laughs) No, because if it was, I would have made it 10 times worse. But here's what happens. As this popcorn swarm that is now smelling of burnt popcorn and is very looking horrible, but very pissed off at the same time. It successfully once again bites into your neck. Once again, you feel some sort of liquid drip down your neck. Unfortunately, you also feel it to beginning to enter your blood stream or your body, I should say. As you're reeling from the incision marks from this little pincer, Your vision is still there, but now it's starting to fog up a little bit and you're beginning to see white, pink and red kind of polka dots and kind of misty effects like being in fog in a sense. And I'm starting to see things, guys. Help. (laughs) So you have what I have dubbed the condition as peppermint poison. So it's like the poison effect, but... The problem is, is that your vision is now you always just colors of peppermint, but it is the same thing as poison is just now you've been injected with some very bad batch of candy cane peppermint into your bloodstream. So with that out of the way, Max, it is now your turn. You just witnessed this thing poison your friend and your friend is having a bad acid trip right now. So what would you like to do? Is it still far enough away that I can shoot without disadvantage? Yes. And Mikey, you're muted. Mikey, we can't hear you. Wow, I feel dumb. I told you you're misfired. Anyways, okay, long story short, my rule is you can move a little bit and then take your action to blast this thing in the face if you would like. Okay, then uh, let me go back to the... I moved 10 feet away from you, too. Okay, so would that be just out of range of it? Yeah, that's far enough for you not to impose disadvantage on it. So I'm assuming you're going to blast this thing with your rifle or at least attempt to. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to take a side step to get just far enough away from it. And then I just full bore just, oh, no, you don't, you bloody wonder. What was my weapons thing, my jig? Oh, crap. Where is it? Oh, there it is. I just had to scroll up, stupid. I think I think that's that a 20. 25 to hit. Did you get a natural 20 on this thing? No, I just got a 19 and then a plus 6 modifier. Damn, I shouldn't have told you how to build your fighter, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that definitely hit, so roll for damage. Okay, I forgot what dice I rolled. Okay, found it. I think. <laughs> yep, found it. Okay. Oh, that was shoddy. That was very shoddy. That would just be a total of four damage. Okay, how do you want to do this? <laughs> okay, like I said, I just bring the muzzle down, just full bore, as close as the bore to, and I can get to it before I would get into the disadvantage thing, and literally just look at it and go, oh, don't, oh no, you don't, you bloody wonder. And just as I pull the trigger, 
the moment the flint hits the striker pan, the thing just turns around. And as soon as it turns around, it just gets full black powder and pellet just right to the face. Just completely disintegrating it. And so as the bullet it makes an impact on this thing and you just once again hear this hissing and scream, you just see again popcorn and bug juice just explode all over the bit. Bits and pieces of it are still floating around since you are in somewhat of an anti-gravity room and it just explodes everywhere. But with that being said, we are now out of combat. So the birthday party crew, as I'm going to dub you, so all of you who did not enter this room, you guys make your way to the space room where peeking into the doorway, you just see Max holding his rifle, Nicholas. Seems to be on some sort of bad acid trip. And then you just see bug juice, popcorn kernels, and the smell of burnt popcorn wafting out of the room as you are in the doorway. <laughs> Along with the beautiful scent of sulfur. So yeah, so all of you guys, the birthday party crew, you make your way to the door. And yeah, I'm just going to let you roll with it. As soon as I see them, so I'm partially deaf because this thing is loud. It puts off a loud blast. I'm just looking at them and go, Hi, guys! Wait, they're here. They're here. Linger. Uh, wait, they're here now? Can, can someone help me with this situation? As he points at himself. Mm. Absolutely not. Can one of you guys help him? <laughs> he kind of got bit by that bug thing. Bug and I'm just, thing. I just point around to the uh, bits and pieces of popcorn bug bits. Just it was evil popcorn. What room was this? I think this is a space room as he puts his arms out and like just not even facing them. He's behind them because he can't see because of this damn poison. Evil popcorn. You mean kettle corn? Damn. If it was kettle corn, I think it would have been harder to kill. I think it's Super buttered corn. Either way, I ruined it by burning it. Now it smells going to linger. Oh, but I was trying to keep myself alive. Thank you very much. So, well, now as the you guys here is starting to subside, guys, this thing is loud. But yeah, I think he was poisoned. We need to do something about that. Yes, as as he's facing towards the wall, and none of you just speaking. <laughs> he can't see you. He's just talking to the wall. He thought he was looking at all of us. He's just looking at the wall. I can, I I only see white and red. I and it's everywhere, and I don't know what what I'm doing. Oh, buddy, that sounds really rough. And Belladonna's just eating gummy worms out of her uh, magical <laughs> lunchbox. That's right. I forgot you had the magical lunchbox. <laughs> oh yeah, Revy, you want some gummy worms? I don't sure. believe you got. I don't believe you have magical food that can cure poison in there, do you? DM, if I would I be familiar with anything like this? You know what? <laughs> just because I, you know what? Roll me a. You know what? Just roll me a medicine check. Fifteen plus three is eighteen. Ooh, okay. So, Belladonna, this is. Nothing new to you, what Nicholas is suffering. Based on the description that he gave you, and plus how is he acting, you could surmise that he is under the peppermint poison. So what that entails, and that what you know, is that he will be poisoned for mm, about 10 minutes or so. He can't really see clearly. And unlike regular poison and making people sick, he's going to have a lingering, like, feeling in his mouth of just no matter what something's just sticky and sweet is stuck on his tongue but he can't it won't go away and you know that it will go away in 10 minutes or if you have magic that can get rid of the condition that works too but in 10 minutes he'll be fine but he can't see at that point so you if you're not if you're not going to do anything about it right away, you're probably going to need to designate someone to lead him around. Oh, yeah, you know what? You'll be fine. Just walk it off, champ. Someone will yeah. probably need to hold his hand for a little while, but I'll be fine. 
I I can't wait for this to backfire on you. Moldy steps forward. I will hold his hand. Come here. The moment somebody says backfire, I just turn around. Somebody say fire. No. So Moldy. I believe I can lead myself somewhat as I'm going to use the strings to feel around. You can, but while you're using the string, you also feel Multi's hand just clasp your own. So Multi, you are currently <laughs> holding on. So here's how I picture it. So Multi, you're guiding him with your hand holding his hand, and then Nicholas is using the string as like basically like, a walking like, cane. Yeah. To feel in front of him. Oh my goodness, it's that's fun. But yeah. Oh, and before I forget, for those of you who just entered the room, you walk in and you feel a little bit of less weight to you as you are currently in this space room. Before I forget, can everyone who is currently in the room please make me a perception check? Yep. A perception Perception check is 15. Okay, 17 for Belladonna. Natural 20, 21. Dang, there we go. There is no point for me to roll again. (laughs) Why would you get... uh, Did you get a 1? I got an 11. Oh, shit. Which still still counts as a 1. It's a good thing you're you're not in combat no more, huh? (laughs) Yep, now I get... Yeah, I think it's getting worse. Okay, what did everyone else roll? So, I got Bella's, I got... Revies and I have <laughs> Nick. Okay, eight and fifteen. Okay, so basically anybody that got a <laughs> so anyone that got a perception score better than ten at this point, as you all look around the room, once again you are in the space room, so the walls and the ceiling of the room are decked out in all sorts of constellations and stars. But as you take a look at the upper right hand quarter of the ceiling and just looking at the galaxies and the planetarium that's being showed with the constellations, you notice that there's a particular constellation that shouldn't be there. And the reason you figure that it shouldn't be there is the fact that instead of it being a random pattern, the pattern in this constellation spells out the name Scooter. And it's just plopped up in the ceiling right there, just twinkling and glowing. Does anybody else say the name? Did anyone heal me? The power of friendship will heal you. And I squeeze his hand a little bit more. The power of friendship. Moldy's hands are very moist. You can let go of me. I am fine. No, I, I, I like holding you. Revy's going to uh, lay on hands for three. Okay. And then remind me, lay on hands also heals any conditions, correct? I believe it's uh, a condition. Yes, uh, to restore any number of HP remaining in the food, or five HP to either cure a disease or neutralize a poison affecting the ki- creature. Okay. All right, so yeah, then he'll do five and... And heal him of the poison. Okay. He'll he'll heal him of the poison without really realizing that's what he's doing. So what is okay? I always love this because players do different things. What does Revy's lay on hands look like? I can't think of a descriptor at the moment. <laughs> that's okay. But you go up to Nicholas. You heal him. So Nicholas, your vision begins to clear. The red and white fogginess of your eyes begins to clear. And as your vision comes back into focus, you look straight down. And next to you is Moldy, who is currently still holding your hand. You can let go of me now. I can see. But but I... Don't, don't get me wrong. It's a great jester. But I can see now, so I don't need it. No, I'm a great jester. This is just a great gesture. I, I, I see how people get that confused. But it's... People... Yeah, up when they see me. It's a great gesture. I just holler towards uh, Moldy and just be like, "Hey, he's just a little nervous, mate. He doesn't know how to show his affections." Somewhat. 
what, what, how tall is Nicholas? How tall is he? I think he would be about... Five. All right. So he wouldn't be looking down on uh, Moldy. He would be looking up at Moldy. <laughs> yeah. Moldy is 6'1". Damn. <laughs> That's what happens when you uh, mix in a uh, high elf. That is true. And I'm just pure human. Okay. All right. He is a little nervous. Not that nervous. Would it um, help if I kept holding your hand? You do not need to do that. He clasps, he clasps the other hand as well. And he leans his head uh, on his shoulder. Now! This is very nice, don't you think? Well, you may be for me, no. I am sensing a, a no here. I'll back off. <laughs> Thank you. And he's going to go wander the halls a little bit. Oh my gosh, I can't. Max is nearly toppled over, just silently laughing hysterically. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here for the rest of my life if we don't get out of here. We'll all be here for the rest of our lives if we don't get out of here, to be fair. Oh my goodness. Alrighty, so that was also, lovely. So I do know how to show my affections. I've, I've recently met these people. You know this. Of all people, you should know this, Max. Yeah, yeah, I know. Come on, you wonder. And I'll make my way past them into the hallway. Okay, cool. Here we go again. So you guys make your way into the hallway. So technically, you still have two doors in this hallway that you haven't opened yet. So once again, you have the one that had the like light bulbs ornating the door with the little ticket booth on front of it. That looks like that where you would give tickets to somewhere. And then you also have another door. I want to do one thing real quick. Real quick. What's it? What's that? I'm going to do a survival check on those popcorn bugs. That poison seems very useful. So I don't <laughs> mind the survival check, but what is the intent here? What is your goal with this? Are you trying to um, extract the poison from it? One, one goal is to extract the poison from it. The other goal is to see if there's any like useful things from the body that might help with making tools or stuff for the party in the future. Oh, I doubt there's going to be anything left because those are like 200 grains I just pumped into those things. <laughs> you never yes, know. You, you could definitely try. Go for it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try. Oh, hi, my friend. Why is my luck being this good? Oh, this is going to be fun when it all goes. I got 20. <laughs> Damn. Okay, so this is how we'll do this. So, unf so. Never tell me the odds, people. No, because it will even out eventually. <laughs> it will. Okay, so here's how it's going to break down. So, Nicholas, as you investigate these bugs, how do I want to do this? <laughs> You're able to pick up the little bits and pieces that have survived on the floor. And as you take a closer look at them, it looks exactly as what it was. It's just like a popcorn kind of kernel with some tiny little peppermint like stick legs sticking out of the bits and pieces of it. Unfortunately, due to the combination of Max's uh, slugs and not to mention that you set one of these things on fire and firebolt and, and pierced one of its faces with wires. Yeah. Unfortunately, other than a great snack to have, because these things are edible based on that roll as well. You can't necessarily extract any poison from it. And the only thing you can provide your friends with is a snack. But I don't know how many of them would like burnt popcorn. If we ever find these things again, they're a great food source. We Maybe have to burn them. Yeah. To be fair, sometimes popcorn is good, depending on how burnt it is. This one, yeah, no, I may have overcooked it. <laughs> Don't cook them on high next time. I wasn't expecting to. I was. Magic's weird. It's either it's gonna be 
nothing or you it was the heat of the moment. A 20 mile radius. Yep. To the next room and I and hopefully we don't get killed. Okay, so with that being said, I believe it was you, Max, that wanted to check out the other doors real quick. Yes, no, maybe. Yeah, sure. Originally, okay. I was just wanting to get uh, get out of that room. Let my head clear from all the smoke and bug bits going uh, flying throughout the room. But yeah, I'll make my way up the hall <laughs> with, with 40 and... Belladonna? Yeah. <laughs> and our bulk cool. bear. Okay. So as you guys make your way into the hallway, so once again, you have the door you already discovered with the light bulbs all across the frame of it and a miniature ticket booth in the middle of this door, as well as another one right next to it. So I'm assuming based on where you are positioned, uh, you guys want to check out the door next to the theater door, as I'm going to dub it. Yes. Cool. Okay. So as you approach this particular door, you see that the door itself is made of this very heavy mahogany. And all across the door is very intricate, like patterns of like hieroglyphs. Well, not hier. Yeah, I guess hieroglyphs in a little bit. But in particular, In the center of this door that there is a kind of geometric pattern that kind of coils itself in the center of it that looks to be very serpentine. And it looks like an indentation. Something goes into said indentation of the snake. Pardon me. I got this one. I put the jelly snake into the door. (laughs) The giant gummy snake into it. Yep. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So. As you put in the giant gummy snake, the ridiculous big one, you're able to get it in. And then the door, as it you fin- put the finishing touches of putting the gel, the gummy snake in. I want to I got to say it's gummy, not jelly, because it's two different things. But as soon as you finish putting the gummy snake into the indentation, The gummy snake starts to wiggle a little bit and then it starts to turn and turn the centerpiece until the gummy snake just crawls its way around the door and magically shrinks and goes inside the keyhole underneath the doorknob. And all of you by the door just hear from the other side a clicking sound signifying that now the door is unlocked. I will open the door. Are you sure you want to open the door? Yes, let's do this. (laughs) I'm about to get shot. Let's go. Okay. Upon opening the door, this Belladonna and Max, all of you are first hit with a giant wave of kind of very hot and humid air emanating from the room upon opening the door. And as you step inside, this room also is small 20 by 20 foot in this confined space. But as you step in, (laughs) this is going to be fun to describe. So you see inside of it that there just seems to be nothing but like trees lining the perimeter of this room like tropical trees and in the middle of this is a clearing where you just see lots and lots of hammocks just set up enough for each of you if you all wanted to in addition in this room at one section of the room that a kind of trickling creek begins to bisect the room and is like flowing water through it And then you can also hear the sounds of birds and insects just chirping loudly as you enter it. So with this description, y'all have entered into what is known as the jungle room. Ooh, nice. This is fancy. It is. I wasn't expecting to get the actual good room. What are you talking about? The birthday party room was awesome. 
I think he's yeah, still taken up and getting bit by a popcorn bug. Let me put it this way. I had a snake made of candy. I thought the room was going to be made of candy. So as you guys are having this conversation inside the room, you guys all of a sudden just hear rustling from the trees and the bushes in front of you. And as your attention turns to that, walking out of the bushel comes a sight that is intriguing and equally as terrifying at the same time. Out of the bushes, you see what look to be two chimpanzees, except basically these chimpanzees look like the results if they came from the movie uh, Frank and Weenie. So they're all different discolored kind of skin tones patched up with staples, two metallic screws coming out of their neck. And they just look like they're decayed and rotten. And as they walk out of the clearing, you see them just give you a subtle stare. And they begin to clap their hands and laugh ominously. And that is where we're going to conclude this part of the session. So we're going to conclude the episode here. Oh, my goodness. You guys are in a world of intriguing things next time. So once again, to everyone who has been listening, thank you for joining us. And when we come back with next episode, uh, we'll see what these monkeys want. Why are they laughing and clapping ominously? And uh, we shall see what kind of shenanigans the party gets into. But until next time, uh, remember, take care of each other, love one another. And as always here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, let the good times roll. Until next episode, see you later.